Welcome back, witches and other cottage folk. Today is Wednesday, April 19th, and this is Season 4, Episode 3 of The Cottage Witch, titled Beltane, Springtime Fairies, and Positive Affirmations for Self-Confidence. You are even now entering the grassy plains and green leafy forests of the northern Ozarks. Make Peace Cottage rides out all of our springtime storms atop an old, old Ozark hill, not far from a tumbling creek and a copse of dewy, rain-dappled willows. Look around! You'll find foraging raccoons and families of white-tailed deer, as well as a banshee or two, fallen oak branches perfect for wand-making, a gliding hawk, the Celtic goddess Brigid, off-duty paramedics, and the season's first turtles slowly making their way across these paved back roads, all at work and at play. Pull up a wooden rocker or sloping Adirondack chair out here on the front porch and have a cup of dandelion tea. It's good for what ails you. And I'll even spread some dandelion jelly on a biscuit for you. Sit back, relax, and enjoy a visit with me, Pastor May Makepeace, the Cottage Witch. Here at Makepeace Cottage, Moss is all moved in. Charlotte just chaperoned to prom, and Button and I are still regrouping from his 11-day hospital stay. He's doing much better, by the way, and thank you all for your concern and well wishes. I think he may be able to walk on that bad foot perhaps as soon as this Friday. My fingers are crossed, literally, in one of the oldest, simplest Lux Bells we have. In the midst of all these follow-up doctor visits, I've also managed to order the necessary supplies for opening the pool. May is so very close. In fact, Beltane is a subject for today, as May 1st will come just before our next episode, two weeks from now on May 2nd. I sure hope we have some especially impressive May flowers blooming, as our April showers and storms and tornadoes have been especially epic this year. Thank goodness May always promises a bit more weather stability than April. And also, I'll be turning 62 just before Beltane. Aging does not bother me at all. Honestly, I enjoy the heck out of it. My 30s were better and more settled than my 20s. My 40s centered on raising children instead of birthing them and becoming established and comfortable in my career. So they were even better than my 30s. My 50s were a blessing in so many ways, but also a crushing loss. Yet that crone wisdom carried me through real crises and taught me the profound difference between the bumps in the road that happen all the time and the, I wish I were lying here, but the hellscape of actual anguish and blinding despair. And because I learned this difference, I now realize most bumps are mild, and I am confident I can handle them. I know I can. No. And that's a crone's wisdom. I paid for mine in my 50s. Now, in my 60s, I talk to my oldest daughter, Caroline, and my mother, and father, and brothers, and absent friends all the time. And I really don't fear passing through the veil myself one day. I really don't. And that is the blessing of my 60s. So far the best decade yet, but I've also learned about affirmations. 
those little positive pick-me-up phrases I say to myself and write down in my journal to keep me going when the road gets a little bumpier than I like. And these last few weeks have been like that more than once. Also, I'm facing a three-month transition phase right now from one school year to the next. And I just have no idea how retired I will be and what my small role will be come August 1st for the next school year ahead. And I don't like not knowing. But this time, that can't be helped. What I can do, however, is research and explore what my options will be, what my intentions are, and what I can do to help the universe along a little bit in my preferred directions. Directions is plural here because I never cast my lots in only one direction. So I have several potential irons in the fire at any given time. Let me share my 14-week plan to stay calm, focused, and positively directed for these next few months. I have a little spell work in mind for each week, bigger than a simple, but nothing as full-blown as a big spell or ritual, unless you look at the whole plan then it is a biggie. So look out universe. But each week, just one little fun, creative, witchy working at a time. I'm not sure if you can hear those birds in the background having an argument on my front porch, but they're chattering about something. Anyway, I'll begin this whole three month working tomorrow on Thursday intentionally harnessing the energy of this new moon. It's also a full-on eclipse in Western and Northern Australia, which is nowhere near me. But it's still out in the universe, and I like universal energy, so I'll tap into that too. Okay, I have identified seven different character traits I need to boost or plug into to get me comfortably through this time of uncertainty. This week, beginning on Thursday, I'm focusing on my own self-confidence, which I often have in spades, but at other times can get pretty low too. This is a low time. So this week, I'm building confidence. I'm going to draw and color in a page I'm taking from a book called Color a Magic Spell that I recently picked up at my favorite St. Louis spiritual shop, Mystic Valley. The book's by Helga Hedgewalker, there's a cool craft name, and Estelle Daniels. Can I just say that there's nothing finer than flipping the pages of a craft shop book? It smells of incense and herbs and even, I swear to you, crystals and stones and powerful intentions. Before I even do anything with it, I just rifle through the pages and breathe in its heady scent. So I've used part of this book to identify these seven traits I need to work on. Each has a coloring page and several pages of spell work ideas to go along with it. I begin with confidence, as I've said, and then inspiration, which I will use to add to the scope of the next workings throughout these coming weeks, followed by luck, justice, prosperity, success, and hope. And then I'll repeat them for emphasis. 
In these workings, I'm looking for the best use of my part-time contributions to the educational system, as well as equitable pay and a fulfilling and useful position. So at 62, I'm sort of job seeking or social security seeking or whatever. I'll keep you posted. But this week, I'll share some of my confidence building affirmations with you. Those phrases that I will say aloud to myself during this coloring and spell work, and then throughout the whole week, one or more at any given time, as a sweet, simple telling my intentions to myself and to the universe. And I hope you will take inspiration from them for yourself too, or write some of your own. Research them on the internet. There are tons of these little but strong positive statements just waiting to be discovered. Some don't really even apply to me yet. They're absolutely inspirational. I hope to get there, so I say them as if I am there already. It's just a strength booster. You'll see what I mean. Here are some of mine. Feel free to close your eyes and just listen and believe them to be true for yourself too. These first two, by the way, are especially witchy. I have them written on light boxes in my office slash witchy layer. Neither are original with me at all, but I've had them a long time and I, I'm sorry, but I no longer know their origins. The rest will be more mundane, but still powerful. But these two are my mantras. Here's the first one. I am always connected to the goddess and the universe. The goddess fulfills my every need and my every desire. I know that the universe and the goddess live within me. And my other favorite witchy one, I carry the fire of profound creativity within me. I have access to the creative power of the goddess and the universe whenever I need it. And now some of the more mundane ones, but still strong and often quite aspirational. I am a strong, confident, learned, and even powerful woman, and I have earned this confidence through hard work and perseverance. I am nurturing and encouraging and raise strong, smart, and caring people too. My wisdom, knowledge, empathy, and understanding, and very solid communication skills really do make me a dynamic and highly skilled teacher. I truly deserve a high level of pay for my high level professional skills. I am a creative person and I can discover inspired solutions to these small problems. I am both nice and likable as well as professional, knowledgeable, and opinionated. And that's all just fine. I truly deserve a sweet and secure, peaceful, happy, and productive retirement. I've earned it. By caring for my health, eating well, and exercising thoughtfully, I am caretaking the entire rest of my life. And I am so worth this. There you go. Those are mine. I'll also throw in some less specific but still powerful in the moment ones. Some, you've got this, Hester. And if you keep breathing, kid, it's just another effing growth opportunity. Or, hey, you've been here before. You know the road. Just keep walking. Or, breathe, baby, breathe. You've got deep lungs. It's okay. They all keep me going. 
What are some of your own phrases? Write them down on little post-its and stick them on a mirror so that you can see them every time you look at your sweet face. Self-talk can be so strongly positive. What are the loving, empowering things you say to you? What else should you be saying? What would you say to a good friend in the same position? Say it to yourself. Shout them to the universe. Every one of them is a little simple spell, a working of major empowerment. String them together throughout the day and you'll watch your witchy powers grow and expand. Witches and cottage folk, I believe in you. Make Peace Cottage is entering our major party season. In fact, my birthday, then Beltane, then Charlotte's birthday, followed by Mother's Day. Whenever possible, we're in the pool for two or even three of these events. But let's talk about other ways to enjoy Beltane too. This Thursday is a new moon. We've already talked about it. So using this planning energy to prepare for Beltane might be a clever way to harness that dark lunar energy as well. All the way through to that May full moon on the 5th. Beltane is a fire festival, by the way, and directly across the wheel of the year from Samhain. Yes, Halloween is exactly six months from May 1st. And Beltane contains the same sort of high energy, but of more sparkly fairies instead of darker goblins and monsters. And this fae focus will continue right on through Midsummer's Eve and the summer solstice of June 21st this year. Well, we all know I love and tend the fae folk here at Make Peace Cottage. I'll begin leaving little fairy treats out for them in the next week or so. I'll arrange and set out some flower pot platters, the kind that catch the water under the pots. But instead, I'll put on them some bread crusts and honey dribbles, plops of peanut butter with birdseed sprinkles, and a small smack roll of milk sodden oats and raisins for the fae. And I'll hang hummingbird feeders that the winged fae will most certainly share with the thoroughly fairy-like birds. Moss is contributing tiny clay mushroom houses, and I have way too much fairy garden trinkets and tiny statuary from various dollar stores that will find summer homes outside in flower pots, on tree stumps, and tucked into our vegetable gardens beneath the tomatoes and peppers. Leaving treats and correspondence trinkets around your house and yard are common symbols tiny little witchy spells that will attract luck and playfulness and fairies to your home. And likely we will have another outdoor Beltane tea party at the cottage on or near the day itself, like the one I discussed last year in season one, episode nine on midsummer party ideas. And I think I begin to hint at it in season one, episode two on Beltane. So check out those episodes too. I also gave myself a Beltane treat. I purchased a fairy book that I'm going to share with you today. It's called Fairies of the Fault Lines, and it's a beautifully illustrated tome by Iris Compiet, C-O-M-P-I-E-T. And 
It's an honest to goddess field guide to all types of fairies and fairy places. I'll talk more about that after this brief commercial. Iris Compiet welcomes us to the fault lines on the first pages of her book. She says, the fault lines are open. Within the pages of this book, you will find paintings, sketches, and short stories that she has collected on her travels through a place she's come to know as the fault lines. This isn't a place in the traditional sense of the word. At least it's not just one place, but many places. Perhaps best described as areas where the veil between our human world and the world of the fairies is thinnest and we can enter a world that is still ours, but slightly different. Fairies are alive right here among us, but hidden behind a thin veil of other. While this world intersects with ours and is interwoven with it, most humans are no longer in touch with the other and thus cannot access it. But fairies are alive right here among us. Once you step beyond that veil, you will enter the fault lines. You may have glimpsed the veil before in a single dewdrop, in a rainbow, or even in the corner of your eye when you had the distinct feeling someone or something was watching you. The veil is here, always and everywhere. It is around you, beneath you, above you, behind you, and even inside you. Fairies are everywhere if you just know how and where to look for them. And Iris takes us on a journey to find them. She has whole sections on merfolk and all species of the green man, the mandrake, and fawn, which are deer-like fae. She has a large lush foldout of the tree of all, including bird-like fae and root dwellers too, and witches, old and wise spirits of both the light and the dark. She includes trolls and dragons, too. It's just so full and lush, from the murkiest depth dwellers to the shiniest, most iridescent beings. They're all here. I'll linger over only a few. I honed in almost immediately on wood fairies and forest pixies and the springtime fae, probably just because that's the season of the year. She includes dryads, those daughters of the wild, as well as the elder mother, old and slow and living inside an elder tree. She includes a species I've never heard of before, the chrysalides, cocoon-like fae. She says the pharaohs in ancient Egypt used these fae as jewelry, as did courtiers in the time of Louis XIV in France. Luckily, Marie Antoinette switched her preferences to diamonds instead, saving these fae from extinction. And even in America, the gold rush did further damage to the species. They can be mistaken for gold nuggets. Now they are ultra rare, so please don't disturb it should you actually find one. But you could and even should paint one for spell work or craft one from Sculpey for emboldened jewelry. She describes insect-like fairies with butterfly-like scales on their skin and wings mantis-like arms, butterfly-esque thin spiral tongues that they use for sipping nectar 
and even at times feasting on other fairies or fae with exoskeletons along with horns or stingers and even camouflage abilities. She has bright young sprites and also quite aged fairies who move much more slowly, their spininess and prickliness increasing, and their wisdom as well as they are still and watchful. She talks about bloom fairies, masters of mimicry that can hardly be discerned from real flowers. You truly should ask any flower if it is, in fact, a flower before picking it, she cautions. Anyone would be in for a nasty surprise if they plucked a bloom fairy instead. And glimmer fairies, who have bodies covered with tiny golden flecks. If you touch one, you will likely immediately be covered by a fine powdering of fairy dust. Shroom fay, on the other hand, have skin covered in different types of mold, lichen, or mushrooms in a breathtaking expanse of colors and textures. These fairies can release spores into the air to both communicate with others and attract potential mates. Sometimes those spores can be hallucinogenic, though, or even lethal. Be very careful before stepping inside a fairy circle. A ring of shroom fae on the forest floor could be waiting for you. That's just a few of the many, many, many fae you can meet inside this book. I just can't recommend it enough if you are as fae-touched as I am. Woo! The birds are chattery again. I'm sure you hear them. Before we end, I'm going to include my card pull from today from the Witch's Wisdom Tarot Deck by Phyllis Curat, C-U-R-O-T-T. She includes inside the box a little magical witchy spell work, I would say, that I'm going to share with you. Magic of feather, song, and air. Awaken, inspire, and make aware. Magic of claw, hearth, and fire. Warm, enliven, and inspire. Magic of fin, womb, and water. Love and dreams, conjure. Magic of fur, seed, and earth. Embody, nourish, and give birth. Magic within and around. Awaken spirits' answers and guidance taken. That excited butterscotch. <laughs> Can you hear her barking? Okay, so you know how the tarot goes. It tells you things that are often unexpected, but also perfectly accurate. So today I drew card number six, the maze, and it fits so accurately. And it also makes me crazy. You'll see why. In her nice hardcover guidebook, Phyllis Curat tells us some wisdom about the maze. On the pilgrim's back remains the pack, but it's smaller now. How far he's come by stepping off the path he knows, by getting lost and tumbling downward, confused, disoriented, and exhilarated. There have been blessings on the way, gold and silver and stars in the darkness, but twists and turns lie ahead. The great unmaking has just begun. The old ways are still to be undone. Magic waits within the maze. The pilgrim stands poised upon its edge. The moment of choosing has arrived as his guide slips out of sight. Who calls from deep within? Who dwells in the center of the maze? Demon or divinity? Minotaur? Monster? 
or source of love and life, the old self or the new. A sense of panic rises. For when you don't know where you're going, which way do you go? Without bearings, you could be lost forever. A lightning bolt strikes, cleaving the darkness for a flashing instant, dangerous, but also revealing. The mystery has an ancient pattern. You must die to be reborn, releasing the past for the future to take form. The pilgrim enters the maze, trusting the unknown and knowing that there is no turning outward until the self within is found. The essence of this card is all about inhibitions, disruption, and uncertainty, risk-taking. Let go. Be here now. And the counsel of the card? This is where Hester sort of loses it, folks. <laughs> Stop trying to make a plan or choose a path or do anything other than just be. Relinquish control. Let go of all your carefully constructed plans, your thoughts about what comes next. Let go of the roadmap. Let go of the safety of your conscious mind. The unmaking and remaking will continue at a deeper level, and you can't force or rush or push the process. You have to let it happen. Trust that something else, something sacred, will guide you to where you're meant to be and who you're meant to become. Be present in the moment. That's where the magic is happening. And the magic? Oh boy. Do the opposite of something you have carefully planned. Say no when you feel you must say yes. Go outside when you want to stay in, especially if it's raining or snowing. Help someone you don't know. Give something away. Take in a stray. Get to know the you that's been hiding away. Do the opposite of something you have carefully planned. I have this whole ritual coming up for the next three months so I can figure out where I'm supposed to be. And this card, I think, wants me to turn it over. But maybe the ritual itself is turning it over. I'm really going to hope that because otherwise I'm back to the start. I'm back to the beginning. But maybe that's where I'm supposed to be too. I'll keep you posted. And that's it. Thanks for stopping by the cottage today. I'll be back again in just two weeks' time with simples and spell work for inspiration, luck, and justice. If it's still April 19th, the show notes are sparse. But if you come back in a day or two, I'll have added the information on the sources I've talked about today. Also, you can support the podcast by leaving a kind review with lots of shiny stars on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you make your way to the cottage, or buy me a cup of coffee, or support the podcast on Spotify for just 99 cents a month. I'll have that info in the show notes too. Or do none of those things. I already thank you so much for just visiting with me, Hester Makepeace, the Cottage Witch. Blessed be. Blessed be.